Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And now, here's this Sunday's message. I want to tell you a story, all right? A priest and a taxi driver, they die and go to heaven, and they're brought before the pearly gates of heaven. Now, the taxi driver's first, and so the taxi driver steps up to where St. Peter is uh, keeping the gates of heaven. And the taxi driver says, my name is uh, John Rankin, and I have been a taxi driver in Halifax for over 15 years. St. Peter, he looks down at his list, he looks up and he smiles, and he says, welcome, Mr. Rankin. Receive this silken robe and this golden staff and enter the gates of heaven. And so the taxi driver uh, joyfully enters into his glory. The priest uh, steps up to St. Peter and, and having seen the reward that the taxi driver get is in himself excited. And so he booms, my name is Father Simon Lobo. I have been the preacher at St. Benedict's Church for over 50 years. St. Peter, he picked up his list. He looks down and he looks up and he smiles. He says, welcome, Father Simon. Receive this woolen robe and this wooden staff. Father Simon said, well, well wait a second. Uh, uh, the... Uh, what does, why does the taxi driver get a better robe and a staff than me? I've spent my whole life dedicated to and serving the church. Well, St. Peter said, up here, we work by results. While the, while the taxi driver drove, people prayed to God to save them. And while you preached, people fell asleep. All right. That's actually a story about me. I, someone was telling me a few weeks ago that while they were listening to my homily, while I was preaching, someone started snoring behind them. So I'm just glad people can find a little rest here at St. Benedict on Sunday mornings, you know? Uh, but in this story, uh, the, the priest, he's surprised by the criteria of judgment at, at, at the heavenly gates. And I think that one day, on our own day of judgment, we might all just be a little bit surprised. Now, many of us are allergic to that word judgment. Uh, we live in a, a society, a culture, in which judgment, it's like a swear word. Like, oh, that person, they're so judgy, you know? We don't like the idea. We don't like the idea of being judged. We tell people not to judge other people. And, and, but here's the thing. There's no justice without judgment. And that there's injustice in the world doesn't take much to see. If we look into the world, we see all kinds of evil and injustices. We see, uh, we see all kinds of sickness and illness. We see uh, starving children. We see poverty. We see abortion and racism and all kinds of prejudices. We see war and conflict. All, and we see terrible crimes committed on the news. There's injustice everywhere. And justice requires a judge. And a judge, 
and, and judgment requires a judge. Excuse me. But here's the thing. On that day of judgment, when we're come before the throne of God, uh, what's going to be on, on, on trial is not the evil out there somewhere committed by some evil institution. It's going to be what's in here. This is where the real evil happens. This is really where the judgment needs to occur. Uh, uh, somebody, uh, a writer, famous author, uh, writer, his name was Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He was a, a critic of the Soviet communist regime. He spent time in the gulags, and he, he, he was a political prisoner. He witnessed some of the great atrocities committed by Soviet Russia. And he wrote this uh, as he was reflecting on his time in the gulag. He said, gradually, it was disclosed to me that the line separating good and evil passes not through states and between classes, nor between political parties either, but through every human heart and through all human hearts. It's not the evil out there in the world that is going to stand trial. It's the evil in here, in my own heart, that's going to be put on trial. And each of us will stand before the throne of God one day and be judged for good or for bad. Uh, we profess this every day. Uh, after the homily, we stand up, we say the, say the creed together, we say, uh, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Uh, we also, it's all throughout scripture, we see it. Uh, here's an example. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. And on that day, God will set apart the holy ones, those who are who are, live lives of holiness uh, from those who haven't. Now, like the story at the beginning of the message, uh, I think one day we all might just be a little bit surprised by the criteria of judgment. Now, this is our final week in our preaching series, Set Apart. We've been talking about the universal call to holiness, that whoever you are, uh, if you're watching today, you're called to be holy, whether you're young or old, married or single, uh, priest or religious or whatever, you are called to be holy. God has set you apart for himself. And so we've been talking about different ways to grow in holiness. And today I want to talk about, in the end, what sets us apart. So what is that criteria by which, in the end, before the judgment seat of God, we will be set apart? Well, Jesus paints that picture in the gospel today. So here's the scene. Christ the King, he comes at the end of time in history, and he gathers all the peoples and nations of the world before him. And what he does is he sets apart the sheep on his right side. <laughs> give, me, give me a bleat. Type it. Give me, give me, a, give me a, a, sheep, uh, a sheep emoji. Type, give me a sheep emoji in the chat right now. So he sets the sheep apart on his right side, which is the side of favor, the side of honor, on the right side of the king. That's the, the, the position of honor. And uh, he says to those sheep, he says, Come, you that are blessed by my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. They are blessed. And God has prepared an eternal reward, a kingdom for them. They have been set apart. But why? 
What makes them blessed? Why are they set apart uh, for this eternal reward? Well, Jesus says this, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. While I was sick, you took care of me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And the sheep, they're kind of confused. They're surprised as they're being judged for the actions that they did. They're, they're surprised. They, they don't quite understand. And they say, Lord, like, when did we do these things to you? Like, when did we see you naked? And when did we see you hungry? And when did we see you thirsty? And Jesus says this, Truly I say to you, just as you did it to the least of one of these members of my family, you did it to me. Five words. You did it to me. Type that into the chat. You did it to me. You did it to me. Just as you did it to one of the very least of these, you did it to me. In other words, uh, by serving those who suffered, you serve the king. Now to the other group that he set apart, the goats that he put on his left side, those poor goats, he says, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And we ask, well, why? And Jesus says, when I was hungry, you did not feed me. When I was thirsty, you did not give me anything to drink. When I was a stranger, you did not welcome me. When I was naked, you did not clothe me. And when I was sick, you did not care me. When I was in prison, you did not visit me. Whatever you did to the least, whatever you did not do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you did not do to me. Now here's the thing. Like this is really interesting because, you know, uh, I've heard lots of confessions over the years. And sometimes uh, people may start by saying, well, you know, like I haven't murdered anyone. I haven't killed anyone recently. You know, they start like that. But here's the thing. Jesus is not saying that. When we stand before the judgment seat of God, when we stand before Christ the King, who's enthroned in glory and power, he's not going to exclude us, put us in the group of goats for having done terrible things. Like, we, we think in our mind, yeah, like maybe Hitler and Pol Pot, maybe Joseph Stalin, like those guys, they're probably not going to make it, right? They're probably going to hell. But the rest of us, well, we're not murderers. We haven't done horrible things like that. But here's the thing. That's not the criteria by which Jesus is saying that he will judge. He is saying that the goats, those who are being excluded from heaven, are being excluded from heaven not because of something they did, but because of the good that they did not do. Because of their indifference. When they saw the people who suffered. When they saw hungry and lonely and tired people and they ignored them and they, they didn't do anything and they stood there indifferently. When they neglected the suffering, they neglected the poor. 
And it's on that basis that they are set apart, that they are excluded from heavenly glory. You see, we will be set apart by the way we serve the suffering. We will be set apart by the way we serve the suffering. And when we serve the suffering, we serve the king. We serve the king when we serve the suffering. I'm going to tell you uh, about a, a person who lived their life serving the suffering, serving the king in the suffering. Once upon a time, there was this girl named little Agnes Boyaju. Uh, little Agnes lost her father unexpectedly, tragically, as a young girl. She was, uh, only, she was only eight years old. And so she grew up without her father. And her family, uh, without their primary breadwinner, uh, uh, which made it difficult for them. But despite that, Agnes's mother, Drana, she always made space in her life, in her heart, in her home, in her, in her finances for the suffering. Every night of the week, Drana, Agnes's mother, would invite street people uh, would invite widows with no caretakers, would invite uh, homeless, would invite uh, uh, mothers who've been uh, ostracized from their families to eat with Jonna and her family, and she would feed them. Now one day, Agnes was eating after dinner with all these people, always new people coming through the doors. Agnes asked her mother, she said, Mom, like, who are all these people who are always coming to eat with us? And Jonna said to Agnes, she said, some of them are our blood relatives, but all of them are our brethren. All of them are our brothers and sisters. And she said to Agnes, my child, never eat a mouthful unless you are sharing it with others. And from that time on, a deep concern impressed itself uh, upon Agnes for the poor and the suffering. Now, Agnes grew up, and uh, at the age of 18, she became a religious sister. Uh, she became a, a Loretto sister. But at the age of 38, 20 years later, she experienced this particular call to serve the suffering. And so she donned uh, a white sari, uh, a blue and white sari, and she went into the slums of Calcutta. You may know her better as St. Teresa of Calcutta. She wandered into the slums without any money, without any plan, without knowing anybody, and her only purpose was to serve the most poor and suffering people that she could find. Her, she founded the missionaries of charity who have established hospitals and schools and orphanages and homes for the dying all around the world. Now one time, uh, St. Teresa was being follow, followed by uh, a reporter who was doing a story in, you know, on her life and her ministry. And the reporter watched as uh, St. Teresa was walking through one of her homes and uh, she stopped uh, to kneel down next to a leper. And this leper had maggot-infested wounds. Mother Teresa, she washed those wounds and then she kissed the leper. And later on, the, the reporter asked her, uh, she, or she said to, to Mother Teresa, she said, Mother, I would not do that for a million dollars. 
Do you know what Mother Teresa said? She said, neither would I. <laughs> yeah. She, wouldn't, she didn't do it for money. She didn't do it for fame or success. She did it to serve the king. Because she recognized in all the suffering, the king of kings, that Jesus himself is in the suffering and the poor. And her only desire is to serve the king. She would later, uh, people would often ask her, like, Mother, why is it that you love the poor so much? Mother Teresa would take the hand of the person who asked them. She would begin wiggling their fingers. And she said this, you did it to me. You did it to me. In her mind, the whole gospel message of Jesus could be summarized in those five words. You did it to me. Her only desire was to serve Jesus and to encounter him in the most poorest and destitute people of the world. Now at St. Benedict, we believe that all of us are called to serve. That it's one of the hallmarks of discipleship. As followers of Jesus, it's our duty, it's our responsibility, it's our right to serve others. And we try to make all kinds of opportunities for people to serve and Previous to, to COVID, we had over 80 different ministries, and many of those, in a particular way, serve the poor, serve the needy, serve the suffering. And, uh, uh, you know, none of us are called to be St. Teresa and leave everything and wander into the slums of Calcutta. Maybe somebody out there is. Uh, none of us can do everything, but all of us can do something for somebody in need. Uh, Mother Teresa said, if you can't feed a hundred people, just serve one. Just feed one person. Uh, we have a place on our website uh, that you can sign up if you want to serve in some way, if you want to serve uh, some of the suffering. We have all kinds of ministries. Uh, we have a website where we've just put a few of them. Some that we know are active during this time in COVID. You can check it out, stbenedict.ca slash outreach. Uh, you can also get there by clicking the Serve button at the top of our website. There's just a few there, different ways you can connect uh, and get involved if you're interested. But here's the thing. We all have suffering people in our life. Mother Teresa, she said, never worry about numbers. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed with the, the reality, the scope of suffering in our world. She said, never get... Never worry about numbers. Help one person at a time. And always start with the person nearest you. So who is the person nearest you that's suffering today? You might just ask the Lord, say, Lord, open my eyes to see the suffering people in my midst that I might serve you in them. See, in the end, <laughs> we will be set apart uh, before the throne of Christ the King, for the way we either serve the King in the suffering or we neglected him. And we serve so great a King. 
We serve a king who, though he was rich beyond comprehension, who dwelled in uh, untold riches and glory and splendor, this rich king became poor so that we who are poor might become rich in grace and life and salvation. We, we worship a king. We follow a king who do, is not distant and dwells in gilded halls of power, distant from the realities of his subjects, but who himself took on the poverty of his subjects so that he might raise us to new life in him. We serve a king who took upon himself all the suffering of the world so that he might be with the most broken and the poorest and the most suffering among us. This is the king that we follow, a king who suffered for us. And when we serve the suffering, we serve this king. So let's serve the suffering and so be set apart. Thanks so much for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Have a lovely day.